Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. How are you, Jordan? I'm doing okay. Hey, we're rolling solo this week. Yeah. Duo? We're <laughs> yeah. rolling duo this we're, week. Yeah, we're one man. We're riding dirty this week. Yeah. <laughs> we have handguns under the seat. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I'm on drugs. What drugs are you on, Jordan? A little of this, a little of that. Right? I mean, who can say anymore? Yeah, I mean, I start with angel dust and go from there. Yeah. That's I just what I do. find what I do is I find a shady looking guy hanging out inside out in front of a gas station. Right. Just, you know, try and approach, you know, whoever's hanging around, whoever looks shakiest. Right. And I just, you know, slip them all the money in my wallet mm-hmm. and I say, give me a handful of something. Right. And then I just shove it in my mouth. It maybe it's not a drug that that should be taken orally. Uh-huh. But I don't have the time to, you know, figure it out and you know, Google it or, right. I mean, prepare a syringe. Right. I got a go-go Hollywood lifestyle. Well, everybody knows that. Sure. But I'm just, you know, restating. I did. I went through all – I actually did that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Went down to the 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. I saw that there was a shady-looking guy hanging out outside. Mm-hmm. Gave him $100. Mm-hmm. And I just shoved everything he gave me into my mouth. Mm-hmm. I've never eaten so many Mentos at once. <laughs> Just gave me a package of Mentos. Worth the eighty dollars, though, right? Well, I'm feeling fresh, feeling good. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm full of life. Yeah, and you uh, helped that woman move her <laughs> VW Bug out of that tiny parking space. Can I ask you a question? Please. This is a sincere question. Sure. And this is, I think, uh, this is a question that I have not heard addressed elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mentos mm-hmm. in the late 1990s mm-hmm. had a series of television commercials. Sure. That featured their signature song that went, do 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 Doesn't matter what comes, fresh goes better in life. With Mentos fresh and full of life, nothing gets to you. Staying fresh, staying cool. With Mentos fresh and full of life. Yeah. Fresh goes better, Mentos freshness. Fresh goes better with Mentos fresh and full of life. Mentos, the, the fresh, fresh maker. maker. Okay. Yeah. So I know the one. There was a series of commercials, and and what you would see on screen Mm -hmm. is, and this is for younger millennials, uh, people who don't own televisions Mm -hmm. because they just read, yeah, Um, joyless people. Sure. (laughs) So you would see a remarkable series of events in which you know someone looked like it was being filmed in the Netherlands somewhere. Yes. So okay. So you would see whatever you know. Mm -hmm. Somebody would get mud splashed on them, Mm -hmm. and then a grandma would hit them with a purse, and then they would pop a Mentos, and then four muscle men would would pick them up and carry them to a public shower. Mm -hmm. Like things would really (laughs) pick up for them. Yeah. After they had that Mentos. Yeah. So they did. Every one of these commercials looked like it had been shot in. And with, with like the kind of cameras that they used to shoot like early '90s British sitcoms that run on PBS. Yeah, sure. Like everything was a little bit, everything was extremely videoy and a little bit too bright. Yeah, like uh, the first uh, that old um, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, I think is my go-to reference for. Weird videoy looking BBC thing. Yeah, and clearly, like everything was lit. They just said, "Can we give it a a wash?" Sure, just a white wash yeah. over everything. And as you said, everything looks like it took place in the, the Netherlands. Yeah, 
or Copenhagen. Sure. Or just somewhere where there's only white people. Yeah, so the place that's like like just a little bit different from the U.S. Some place where people are really into the Moomins. <laughs> sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a, a Tintin place. Yeah. A place where people have posters of Tintin. Sure. A land of boring children's literature. Exactly. So that's that's the rough description of these mm-hmm. commercials. Has it been established to what extent those commercials were ironic? That's a that's a great question. No, I mean, I mean, if the if you know, the internet likes, you know, an oral history of, you know, you got to read this, an oral history of right. the making of you know, the Mortal Kombat movie. Right. I would love to see the oral history of the Mentos commercials from, you know, conception from pitch to, you know, cultural cultural impact. We need one of these people. There's there's Max Fun people who could be handling this right now. Tess yeah. Barker could be writing it up. Sure. Allegra Ringo could be writing it up from yeah. uh, Can I Pet Your Dog? Shove this up Vice. Yeah. You what? know who would love this shoved up them? Vice.com. I sincerely need to know the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. I think Max Funsters can answer. Yeah. Because it, it sure didn't seem ironic. Yeah, boy. I mean, it's intended the, to be ironic. I think the only other thing that came close to that was the Red Bull commercials of the early two thousands with the with the cartoons. They're these little pencil drawings of cartoons that that were clearly dubbed over because the people were speaking way too fast for the speed that the cartoon mouths were moving. And you think that this is just a, this? The, they all seemed like commercials. They had just hired a Swiss man to make. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, his primary thing was making commercials for Rolos, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And then he he transferred into energy drinks. Mm-hmm. That's how it would seem. Yeah, I think that I think that the Mentos commercials were probably a – here's my guess. Right. Is that it was a cheap way to have a commercial because this is probably something – and Mentos strikes me as this is something – from another land that, you know, this fits the tastes of the Netherlands. They right. love like a a minty, chalky choo-choo. Right. That's actually the slogan of the Netherlands. Yeah. We love, we a, love minty, a minty, chalky, chalky choo-choo. choo-choo. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, let's let's bring this over to America. No need to shoot commercials. These don't have any dialogue. We'll just, you know, record a snappy, you know, doo-wop jingle. And then I think they... They they captured the the imagination. I think they were meant to fit seamlessly into, you know, American commercial blocks. Can I suggest a mashup? Sure. You take the video. You love a mashup too, by the way. You can't get enough of them. This is the hottest new thing. I don't yeah. know if you've heard about this. Sure. Uh, DJ Danger Mouse has mm-hmm. been doing it. Yeah. Uh, this is a really thrilling. It's really you won't believe what Britney Spears vocals can be slapped on top of. Sure. Throw the. Throw the Star Wars Cantina song under Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, it's a and it gets better. It's a comic mismatch, sure, but with a surprising punch. But it, you know, you you start listening because it's kind of funny, but then it's really good. You got it. Okay, so here's my here's my here, here's my pitch. Mm-hmm. You take the visuals mm-hmm. from the Mentos commercial, yeah, and you take out "Staying Fresh, Staying Cool," and you put in Danny DeVito's <laughs> Lemoncello. <laughs> It's a taste of life from this famous fellow. You mean the Danny DeVito's Limoncello song that may or may not only 
play when you open the website to Danny DeVito's Limoncello? There's a YouTube video of it. Oh, is it? I thought it was just an autoplay thing on his website. So it was just an autoplay thing on his website, but then someone put it up on YouTube, and I'm going to guess... Okay, just to give a little context, Mm -hmm. Danny DeVito has a signature Limoncello. Sure. A Limoncello being alcohol-soaked lemon rinds Mm -hmm. or something. (laughs) And um, uh, it, it it was advertised on the back cover of The New Yorker for mm-hmm. quite a while. Mm-hmm. A number of back covers of The New Yorker, which has to be a pretty expensive investment. Sure. Just had a giant picture of Danny DeVito smiling and holding up a little tiny glass of limoncello. Well, I mean, they knew their audience. We no. want cosmopolitan types. Exactly. This is a drink for intellectuals. Sure. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and it had a song, mm-hmm. a, an insane song. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I bet Brian could pull up the song and play it for us. But uh, it, it has an insane song. And I, my guess, mm-hmm. this is my guess, is that the guy who wrote the song, whose name is World's Shittiest Dean Martin, mm-hmm. he is the one who put it on YouTube and then matched up or a social media consultant. Mm-hmm. One, it's possibly Winter Mitchell from Pop Rocket. Sure. Um, but I think, I think the guy who wrote the song, this is my theory, the guy who wrote the song said, you know, you can only hear this, people want to hear this song, and they can only hear it by going to Dan, DannyDeVito'sLimoncello.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if I put it up on YouTube and I matched it up with a slideshow of pictures from Flickr of Danny DeVito at bottle signing events for Danny DeVito's <laughs> Limoncello? Yeah. Still photographs of mm-hmm. Danny DeVito. Awkward, ugly still photographs of Danny DeVito with random people who are excited to have met Danny DeVito. Yeah. Because uh, th- that, that's what is on YouTube when you search the song. Yeah. Okay. You know, I noticed that um, the, the other day at uh, on At Midnight, we were just doing kind of a random search for, like, Star Wars detritus. <laughs> like, you know, what's the... In, you know, in at, this at Advent Night, this is called Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, yeah. It's called yeah. It's called it's. We are we are all barnacles. We stick our flagella out, right? And we see what kind of <laughs> bullshit floats by. <laughs> it's Thursday, technically Thursday. That happens on right. And Wednesday's a two show day, Jesse. Jordan, we I don't, don't have time to watch Star Wars vids. Jordan, I don't think I don't think you're a barnacle. Thank you. I think you're an anemone. Oh, that's nice. A beautiful and Sure, I have stinging capabilities. Sure. And a clownfish can live in me. Yeah. And I'll protect him. Mm-hmm. He's my friend. Symbiosis, that's sure. called. Oh, yeah. I, I clean him. I clean his scales. <laughs> um, and we were wondering, like, I mean, there's this thing that will happen on YouTube when something will be, become big. There is an obvious joke that goes along with it. Right. And it's kind of fun to see who who. Who does that joke or how many variations on that joke? I think the conversation started when someone said, oh, there's probably a landline bling. Uh-huh. You know, to go along with the famous Drake song, Hotline Bling. Right. Sure enough, there are a lot of different people doing landline bling to, you know, it, it, with varying varying quality and production values. All right, is anyone doing ley line bling? That's, <laughs> that's following the Earth's natural magnetic patterns? <laughs> no, but they should. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a, that's a guaranteed viral sensation. Yeah, well, certainly, I mean, 
uh, at the at the bare minimum, you got those. Uh, what are those dowsers? Mm-hmm. I think dowsers at the very minimum, like people who use a forked <laughs> stick to try sure. to find water deep under the earth. Mm-hmm. They'd be interested in ley line bling. It's a very specific audience for that, but but you know, not, who, a, not a not an insignificant audience, and it's about finding a niche. Right, That's exactly. What the internet's sure. about sure. Um, Our niche is people who are looking for a podcast with no premise or content. Sure. Uh, in this Hosted case, the... by two men, no one has heard of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> let's make let's make sure of this. Yeah, they are of medium age, right? Medium talent, yeah, and insignificant notability. <laughs> That's the podcast for me. Um, but something that there was a and so we were kind of taking that idea and applying it to Star Wars. Like, what right. have what's the, what's a Star Wars joke that many many people have done? Star Wars bling. Uh, yeah, right. Oh man, uh, uh, did it all for the Wookie. Oh yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of different. There are a lot of different. Did it all for the Wookies, and you know people have tried it in various ways. So one guy just does did it all for the Nookie, but says Wookie. That's Which it? is easily the laziest. Is that Fred Durst? Yeah, it is. Right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, there are some where someone will dress up like Chewbacca and dance. Uh, but, yeah, the lazier ones are just stock photos of Chewbacca put over these, this kind of bad song parody. And the and an interesting thing about those song parodies is how many parodists or wannabe parodists feel the need to do the whole song. <laughs> Like are you all four verses? Yeah, like like if I can speak to the song parodists out there, I think you can. Like that's our all, core audience. Speaking yeah. of finding your niche, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, don't feel like you have to do the whole song. Just get the joke out there. Did it all for the Wookie. Ha ha ha. You know, a couple of, you know, replaces. Get out of there. Ninety seconds. Bing bang boom. Bing bang boom. No need to do the whole sprawling twelve minute rock opera that his did it all for the Nookie. Do you think that we could write an effective parody? Of the Danny DeVito's Limoncello song? I mean, I think... It has the ubiquity you're looking for. Sure, yeah. I mean, everyone knows it. Do you think uh, we should probably ask Al Yankovic if it's okay that we do it? Because he might be... He might. He could have have one one. in the pipe. And yeah, you don't want to, you know... We don't want to step on his toes. Or we release, you know, a week before him. That's one of the nicest guys in show business. Oh, sure. You don't want to upset Al Yankovic. Yeah, yeah. You just want to call him and say, hey, Al, I'm an aspiring song parodist. I'm nowhere near... And his home phone number is probably on the internet somewhere. I, I've got his. I've got his address. I went to his house one time. I'll <laughs> well, just. I'll just well, go knock on the door. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We should say that. Hey, we've got this idea for. Instead of Danny DeVito's limoncello, it's Danny DeVito's, um, smelly cello. Oh, I was going to say Danny DeVito's Wookiee. <laughs> yeah. That's what I had. I did it all for the limoncello? Are we going too far away from the original premise? And just make sure that, you know, see what Al's take is. The, the other day, um, uh, the other day in my uh, my Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Facebook has trends and it is trying to figure out what you want. Sure. Here's an interesting observation about Facebook trends real quick. Mm-hmm. When there is a – something that seems to be happening when there's a tragedy. Right. Which I think we both can agree is happening all too often these days. Yeah. We're coming out as anti-tragedy. I'm certainly anti-tragedy. Sure. I don't like it. Jordan, are you personally anti-tragedy or just collectively as part of Jordan Jesse Go? <laughs> both. Okay. Yeah. In my personal life and as part of this show. Sure. I mean, I think, I, I think I've consistently been against, against tragedies um, 
you know, for all of my public life and much of my much of my private years, sure. my years as a private, private citizen. citizen. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, Before I became a uh, podcaster of almost no renown. <laughs> when when there is a tragedy, an observation that mind blowers like to make yep. is clipping out that Facebook trend thing and going, oh, here's what we care about. Here's what America in, – in the wake of this thing that happened, it looks like we care about the Final Fantasy VII remake trailer, Kylie Jenner's lip selfie – and, you know, three dogs that can't believe it's Christmas. It's like, well, no, Facebook is tailoring that. That's what you care about. Yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> yes. That needs to be an indictment of you when you post that. Look what I care about in the wake of this tragedy. Anyway. Yeah. There, people just say, oh, you know, something something horrible just happened in the news or, uh, you know, uh, Trump said something awful. Sure, sure. And, and, what's, and what's trending on Twitter? There's a Hey Dude reunion in Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> sure. like, that's because you've searched for Hey Dude on Twitter seven times. <laughs> right. They are giving you what you want. If you keep clicking on hashtag Hey Dude reunion, sure. eventually it's going to show up as a trending. I think in order to not be angered by that, we all just need to go home and just Google Ruth Bader Ginsburg a hundred times. <laughs> and then maybe that... Maybe that trending topics thing will be a little more uh, a little more palatable. So what I'm grateful to Facebook for sure. is that it uh, it has figured out that I want to know if someone on the Giants, 49ers, A's, or Warriors did something amazing mm-hmm. that I can watch a 10 second video clip of. Sure, because that to me is an immense service of the internet mm-hmm. 2015 that it took until. Roughly 2014, for there to hmm. be an effective delivery system of the one amazing thing that happened to one of my favorite sports teams sure. last night, or in the last few hours mm-hmm. in some cases, that's amazing to me. Sure. That seems like something the internet should have figured out in 2001. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not saying it should have figured it out in 1996. Sure, but like I should have had, I should have been able to go to Yahoo, set my favorite team's preferences, and had it just show up, like send me a text message or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, when you know uh, the running back for the 49ers had an 85 yard run. Sure. So that's a, that's a, a good a thing. professional sports kind of famously behind the times when it comes to the internet, kind right. of Keeping everything locked up in weird ways. So that's something I'm grateful to Facebook for. Mm-hmm. It, it now tells me when something amazing happened to a mm-hmm. player on one of my favorite teams, or one of my favorite teams players did something. It also recently told me uh, that the band Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, apologized for Limp Biscuit recently. <laughs> uh, the band, the band Rage Against the Machine. The uh... now they are not, and this could be wrong. I could be wrong about this. Yeah. From what I understand, Rage Against the Machine are not currently a band. No. They have several terrible side projects. Yes. <laughs> but I like the they have idea. A long history of weird, weird and terrible. Zach De La Roca at one point made a side project with Questlove from The Roots that mm. never came out. No. Oh. Yeah. Well, probably because it was too good. Yeah. Well, he he's certainly a great rapper when judged by hip hop standards. <laughs> sure. It seems I like the idea that they have come from their various corners of music to reunite for this reason and this reason only. Yes. <laughs> They're like, we hate each other. We had a bad breakup. We're not reuniting despite the, you know, millions of dollars it could probably get us. But we would like to hold this press conference because 
looking back, we feel bad about Limp Biscuit. Here's the thing about here's the thing about that story when sure. I looked at it, and I looked at it cursorily. Sure, I don't want to. I don't want to suggest. You didn't do a deep dive. No, it was a TLDR probably. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was a definitely a, a TLDR. I saw it on slash R slash things <laughs> tangentially reads, related yeah. to your cultural interests. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the apology, mm-hmm. but. Honestly, it doesn't cut it. What do you do? You want to see some bloodletting or something? Well, there's two reasons in my a, mind. A that, public flogging. There's two reasons in my mind that it doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is that the brief reign at the top of the pop charts of uh, Limp Bizkit, Corn, mm-hmm. and a few imitators, sure, is definitely the worst popular music that has been at the top of the charts in my adult lifetime. No question. Um, or I guess that was probably when I was just short of being an adult. Sure. Maybe I was 16, 17 mm-hmm. around then. Um, so it's it's basically impossible to apologize for. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt that it is pretty much Rage Against the Machine's fault. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, while I don't think that Rage Against the Machine is a group of uh, reprehensible people mm-hmm. – in the same way that one might think Fred Durst, for example, was reprehensible. Sure. Um, and in fact, they were very high-minded. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, I would say, as far as I can tell from the outside, uh, their hearts were in the right place. Sure. Um, I recently... I, I would agree with all of this. As someone who was not interested in Rage Against the Machine, but you know, looking back on you know, what I gleaned about them from you know, the occasional song on modern rock radio and being in like a friend's car that they were playing it, they seem to be, you know, while the music is bad and certainly led to much, 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 much worse music, they yes. seem to be uh, they wanting to bring uh, wanting to bring a kind of revolutionary spirit to, you yeah. know, the... And justice the, to the world, social sure. justice and economic justice. And, All great stuff. And uh, based on the people that they've associated uh, since, you know, your quest loves, mm-hmm. uh, I bet they're good guys. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did recently hear some of their music, mm-hmm. uh, which I had not heard in 15 years. Mm-hmm. And going into hearing it, I thought, you know what? A lot of people that I really liked mm-hmm. really liked Rage Against the Machine. And I really think their hearts were in the right mm-hmm. place. So I should listen to this with, an, with a genuinely open heart. Mm-hmm. And I think I achieved that and found in so doing – that I still find it to be unlistenable garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about. Let's so talk that's, about those are the two reasons sure. why I do not accept that apology as sufficient. So let's talk about penance because they clearly, you know, this has clearly been weighing on them. Mm-hmm. Do you think you want to see the guys mm-hmm. RATM uh-huh. maybe like marched through the streets? In the nude, mm-hmm. maybe like followed by a nun who is just yelling shame. Hmm. That's Would an that interesting possibility. And then they can be like should taunted be, by villagers. Should be they be Game of Thrones? Should they be Game of thrones Yeah. That's a tough question. And I will say for – I want to give some context to this. Sure. I ha- recently had a similar experience mm-hmm. with – uh, a band that I know was adolescent jo- one of adolescent mm-hmm. Jordan's favorite bands, Green Day, mm-hmm. which is to say that um, uh, uh, I bought Green Day's first CD as a kid. Sure. 
Um, and but then but Green Day obviously opened the floodgates to the second worst type of music sure. that has been a pop, form of popular mm-hmm. music, which is the sort of uh, the garbage pop punk. Sure. Uh, the nasty garbage pop punk. Mm-hmm. And I had practiced by your sums 41s is exactly your at all. Yeah. And I recently um, I think someone po- someone posted on uh, Laughing Squid or something mm-hmm. a, a VHS video of the Green Day of the Green Day guys or two of the three. Mm-hmm. I think Trey Cool joined later, but the Green Day guys playing a concert when they were like 18 or yeah. something like that at a high school. And I watched some of it Mm -hmm. and I thought – as I was watching it, I thought, you know what? You know why these guys were so popular? On the one hand, I'm still annoyed by the sort of like uh, baby voice slash fakey accent. Mm -hmm. But these guys are great songwriters. Some of the things that I liked about them as an 11-year-old, I still really like. Mm -hmm. Like I like that they have a very melodic bass line that Mm -hmm. you don't often hear in rock music. Like there's things that I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. about it. I was like, you know what? I completely forgive Green Day for some Blink-182. Sure. Uh, it wasn't their fault. Yeah. They were just doing their best. It's, it's you know, I'm not going to run out and listen to a bunch of Green Day, but, mm-hmm. you know, God bless them. Yeah. And, and again, like Rage Against the Machine, I think Green Day's heart, generally speaking, was in the right mm-hmm. place. You know, like they were all about that kind of like, uh, you know, I'm, I, I had a lot of friends who were involved in that kind of all ages punk rock scene around sure. Berkeley at the time, and I think uh, you know, even even to this day, I mean, a popular kind of thing to see on a Laughing Squid or a Boing Boing is a, you know, I think, you know, a, a couple times a year, the Green Day gang will just pop into Gilman Street and. You know, play some old Op Ivy songs for a group of kids that boo them. And, yeah, <laughs> and they they do it. They do it because they that is that is important to them. That Look, world. I had, I had I had plenty of I had plenty of friends mm-hmm. who I really liked and had really great teenage values who had tons <clears throat> of Operation Ivy and rancid mm-hmm. uh, pieces of white fabric attached to their black denim sure. jackets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God bless. So I just want to give that for context in terms of not accepting Rage Against the mm-hmm. Machine's apology because in listening back to Green Day, I thought, you know, these are really nicely crafted mm-hmm. songs, even coming from a 16-year-old. Sure. And uh, these are talented guys. That's probably why they were so successful. Mm-hmm. And yet I still can't forgive Rage Against the Machine. Hmm. Despite the fact that I think that they're probably good guys. And if one of them was – like if we got a call that said Zach De La Roca wants to be a guest on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> I would gladly do it, and sure. I would look forward to it because I sure. bet he's a great guy. Yeah, it's totally not his fault either. He's not actually responsible for the people that came <laughs> after him. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like his apology is, in a way, unnecessary, yeah. even though I refuse mm. to accept it. Boy, howdy! This is uh, uh, just related. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I mean, my childhood fondness for 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 Green Day was very deep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, sometimes I will see that Green Day has put out a new thing uh-huh. and want to want to want to check it out. Sure. Oh boy, it's bad. Is it? Oh boy. Oh boy, it's bad. I I am I am blown, and I don't know what it is. I don't know. Are what... they? They're still. They do they still tour as Green Day? They still tour as Green Day for. Uh, 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 yeah, to the best of my knowledge, they do, still do tour as Green Day. What about Pearl Jam? Do Pearl Jam still tour as Pearl Jam? I don't think so. I think uh, Eddie Vedder like will tour. Well, I think I, I remember him putting in an album of all ukulele music. Awesome. So yeah, I think they do shit. I think Pearl Jam and its adjacent members have like weird vanity projects that they can get. You know, they can fill up a 
a basketball arena in Vermont for I, people to come see. I do have an idea here, like a little side idea. Sure. If Rage Against the Machine makes an album of ukulele music, mm-hmm. I will accept that as an apology. Oh, okay. 100%. Sure. So this is... 100%. And this has to be like a wide release? Is this just something they can put up on their website? Or does this have to be something that they tour behind and, you know, do talk shows and stuff? I would like... Here's what... I would like something in between. Mm -hmm. I would like something like Miley Cyrus's album with Wayne Coyne. Okay. Which is to say they do not have to charge money for it. Okay. They could put it up on their website. But I would like them to tour behind it, mm-hmm. even if that tour is a quote unquote secret tour, mm-hmm. uh, playing venues smaller yeah, like, than sure, they otherwise like a, would like club play. Shows, sure, exactly. Yeah, if, okay. they, if they play like eight club shows, and just like in case Rage Against the Machine are listening, because I think you were right in saying that they probably would be interested in coming on the show because right. they're probably yeah. fans. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you want this to just be like a ukulele version of their music, which is to say, you know, a kind of shouty? rapping mixed with metal but just played on the ukulele or do you want these to be like beach jams i would like for them to be yeah i mean i think uh i think if i was going to cite an example of what i would like to hear them Mm -hmm. working towards Mm -hmm. um it's the uh hawaiian singer songwriter is okay israel complicated Hawaiian last sure. name. Lots with of K's. A lot Probably of lots of K's in there. Yeah. Um, uh, I would like to see them go for something that is uh, genuinely, transcendently beautiful and sincere. Okay. And I think they're very sincere guys. I have a hard sure. time picturing the Rage Against the no, Machine No, I mean, guys. I think you can say they, a lot of things about them. Album. I don't think they were. They're, they're probably not ones to goof. I mean, I don't know what Zach De La Roca's falsetto sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have to do lead vocals. If one of the other, if Tom Morello, sure. if he wants mm-hmm. to, I thought of the name of a second guy from Rage yeah. Against the Machine. I think those are the two guys. I don't think you will be hard-pressed to find a casual fan who would be able to name the other guys in it. Let's see. Jeez, uh, who else have you got in Rage Against the Machine? You have, okay, so you got Zach De La Roca, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That's uh, your lead vocalist. Mm-hmm. He does the rapping and singing. Mm-hmm. Tom Morello, of course. He's a great guitarist. Sure. On drums, you have, um, is it Ringo Starr? Is that the drummer? Mm-hmm. Don't, no, hold For on. For certain albums, it was Neil Peart. And then on the- <laughs> Rest in peace. On the on the keyboards, on the keyboards is Billy Preston, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't well, Billy Preston on the it's keyboards? It's actually Gem of Gem and the Holograms. Oh, okay. It was a fake person. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's she another... later went on to form Gem in the Holograms, but I'm... she started out in Rage Against the Machine. I'm going to offer one more out for Rage Against the Machine. Okay. If they go on tour as Ringo's all-star band <laughs> with <laughs> an anger Ringo, is Ringo in the band? Yeah, Ringo plays the drums. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ringo so plays the drums. So you kick out whatever guy is playing the drums now. And they play some Rage Against the Machine songs and some Ringo Beatles songs mm-hmm. and originals. Plus a few favorite, you know, Roll Over Beethoven. Yeah. Uh, like just a few favorite covers. Sure. A few classic covers. Okay. Um, Billy Preston, I think, is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gem in the Ho- Jam of Gem and the Holograms is fictional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they could get on keyboards, whoever played keyboards in the new Gem in the Holograms from the recent Gem in the Holograms movie. Sure, yes. Directed by the guy who directed that documentary about uh, Justin Bieber. Okay. Great. I think that's really... I mean, 
None of this is easy to do. Right. Like record the, you know, ukulele album. Well, it's or... not easy to start a pop music revolution sure. that uh, ruins rock radio for a solid five years. Yeah. Boy, it hasn't come back, has it? No. I... <laughs> they destroyed pop. They single-handedly yeah, destroyed pop radio. That may have been their goal and they may have achieved it. Sure. Yeah. Maybe that was part of their revolutionary spirit is we can burn this thing down. Yeah. We can, you know, we can take it back to the... You know, fire, garages. fire, buck, buck, buck. Sure, sure. Yeah. We, by just, just making something that assholes will want to imitate so badly yeah. that it – that's a long game they had in mind. I wouldn't put it past them. Like I said, I genuinely believe them to probably be good sure. guys. Yeah, it might be genius. Boy, yeah, if I – I will I will periodically uh, turn on turn on rock and roll radio, uh, yeah. modern rock radio when I'm Does driving it, around. Do they still have that? They still have that. Uh, and here's what that is. That is songs from the – Songs from the Rage Against the Machine Green Day era. Uh-huh. So I will recognize a lot of songs from, you know, on my way to high school. Is this K-Rock here in Los Angeles this that we're talking K-Rock, about? Or a different... There's a couple other ones, but that's always my go-to. Okay. That was, K- like, that was like the rock and roll station you listen to in high school. Right. K-Rock is like the probably the most legendary alt-rock station mm-hmm. In the history of the yeah. United States, there are a couple others, but uh, and you know, like things that have changed formats. I think the yeah. like adult contemporary station Star ninety eight point seven at some point just started playing less Matchbox Twenty and more Green Day. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, uh, but it will be songs from you know songs from our era growing up. Uh, Green Day, Rage Against the Machine, RHCP, RCHP, uh-huh. Red Hot, RHCP, Red Hot, Chili RCMP, RC, the Royal, Royal Canadian, Canadian Mounted, Mounted Police. Police. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh man, I'm, hold on, vamp for a second. I'm gonna try and think of a Canadian Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Okay, so uh, you can just vamp for a second. D- Brian, did you find the Danny DeVito's Limoncello song? Let's hear a little bit of okay. Danny DeVito's Limoncello, uh, the song. We'll each try and think of a Green Day Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Okay. Dun, dun. Danny DeVito's Limoncello It's a taste of life from this famous fellow <laughs> It's also very nice, perfect serve, cold on ice The finest summer drink from Italy The finest summer drink from Italy? <laughs> it doesn't even rhyme with anything No, uh-uh Limoncello, you really gotta try it Great song, Brian is Brian is particularly laughing because he's mm-hmm. just watching the he's just on his computer, which is playing the song right now, is the slideshow of just people with their arm around Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, look at oh here he's signing someone's boobs. Is this a reprise? Okay, I think I got it. Okay, uh, Toronto fornication. <laughs> Pretty good, right? Yeah, it's a good. I, it was a good thing it took that long. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So modern rock radio now is that stuff. Can I, do then, I get to say mine? Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. Under the Drake. That's good. It's it's good. Under the bridge instead of, but with Drake instead of bridge. No, that's good. Drake's from Canada. Yeah, he's Canadian. He's under from... the Rick Moranis. Sorry, I don't mean to be television. punching up your joke there but no you're a professional punch-up guy so yeah. i feel a little bit outclassed here if you're going to come and punch out punch up my joke sure i think they're both good i didn't punch down your joke that's <laughs> that's what i'm good at that's true yeah keeping your mouth shut when someone <laughs> delivers the perfect joke yeah which is toronto fornication <laughs> yeah. hey hit us up on twitter what are your canadian red hot chili peppers what about calgafornication oh that's good right for calgary calgarina 
Calgaryncation. I think you need Calgaryncation. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But then you lose the fornication. Yeah. Let's just say they're equally good. <laughs> what about Can you live with What that? about this? Trailer Park Boys. No, yeah. Those guys are great. That's instead of lick my kiss. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> Suck my kiss? Yeah. Suck my kiss. There yeah. we go. Um, so Modern Rock Radio, that stuff. Can I tell you one thing about the Red Hot Chili Peppers I thought about the other day? Sure. I'm sorry to derail this further, but uh, remember that song they had where the chorus was, Power of Equality. Oh, this is this is early Red Hot Chili Peppers. That would be uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Mm-hmm. Blood Sugar Sex sure. Magic. That's the Red Hot Chili Peppers album I had. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who wrote that song? A nine-year-old? Okay, that's all. Go ahead. Sure, yeah. Th- those are bad. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that. And then songs that sound like they are in a commercial for a Microsoft Surface or another product that no one you know has. Uh-huh. So you know these kinds of songs? I have a Microsoft Surface, George. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe, yeah. you're, uh, maybe you're influenced by and these songs. I listen songs. to a lot of Florence and the Machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Florence and the Machine with a male singer. Oh, yeah. And then well, some Florence and the Machine, but it's like things that have just bands like, from Bands from the lively modern rock scene in Las Vegas in 2015. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that seems to be what, you know, rock, rock radios, you know, trying to squeeze in something new. It's always this kind of like inspirational, like feel-good song that has no qualities. Is there a hit rock song? I don't know. I wonder what the closest thing to a hip rock song or a, a hit rock song there is now currently playing. I, I mean, I bet, you know, I think I have heard of new Florence and the Machine songs. Are those hits? Mm, don't know. Okay, Brian, here's your job. Find out what the last rock song to appear in the Billboard Top 10 was. We're going to take a quick break. Sure. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go, the legendary alternative rock radio pop culture commentary program <laughs> from Two Guys with No Expertise. Let's be honest. We live in a world with too much media. You need a podcast on the front lines figuring out what's great. We're here for you. We're Pop Rocket. I am Guy Branham. I'm a comedian. I'm Winter Mitchell. I call myself a digital strategist. <laughs> I'm Oliver Wang, academic and disc junkie. Margaret Wappler, je suis as journaliste. <laughs> and we watch, listen to, and read everything so that you don't have to. And then we tell you about all the things that you'll love to love. Find us in iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Pop Rocket, every Wednesday from Maximum it's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, play detective. Did we actually find a hit rock and roll record during that break? We so, looked yeah. pretty hard. And like, this is, I, I would like to acknowledge it. this is the <laughs> this is maybe the old man, the most old managed that we've sound sounded recently. Yeah, but uh, our quixotic quest to find a rock hit. Yeah, looks like there's a woman named L King. Uh huh. E L L. Is that her name? That sounded like, I mean, that was a song. We listened yeah, to that. Yeah, so this is on the rock charts. I recognize this song, but this song, bare, this was just on the yes. very edge of making it onto rock radio. 
in its amount of rocking. L cake. So yeah, this is she is basically she's kind of like a rockabilly Amy Winehouse. Yeah, that's a that's a fair that's a fair description. Yeah, um, and yeah, but not I would a, say seventy five percent Amy Winehouse, twenty five percent rocking. Sure, sure. Um, and yeah, and I think that I mean that's how I feel a lot about 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 a lot of like new rock songs. It seems like it seems like boy band music or dance music to me. Yeah. So and that's my that's my old man take on rock and roll these days. Play a play a power chord, fellas. When How I, about a guitar solo? I'll say this: uh, I uh, no am no longer capable of telling people what rap music to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm happy to say that there's a lot of good rap music coming out these days. Like if I hear a, a sure. rap song that people are excited about, sometimes even a hit rap song, mm-hmm. I usually enjoy it. I like that Hotline Bling. I tell you what. We were, it is uh, a really good song. Yeah. I fucking hate Drake too. I like Drake is like the one thing that I'm like old manish about. Like sure. I just can't stand Drake. But that... I don't know much about him other than that he's a great punchline of like rapper uh-huh. that cries. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I do like him a lot as a punchline, um, just to you know use for general jokes. But uh, but yeah, I remember I remember us us. I mean, this is where I consume most of my media. Is just at work when we're watching things that are popular on the internet, and like. I distinctly remember them turning on Hotline Bling and saying, oh, this is a Drake video that, that uh, people can't shut up about. I'm like, all right. And I started rubbing my hands together, right. getting ready to say how much it sucked, like thinking of things about this that I can say sucked. And uh, uh, yes, I mean, the, the dancing is very weird in the video, but the song is great. And that video has so many women with big butts in it. Yeah. And it was I, terrific. And I like- it was terrific. Jordan, I got to tell you, I like the dancing too. I think the dancing, the dance, yeah, sure. I think it's great. I think it's kind of great. I, yeah, it's fun. And I say that again as somebody it's who a distinct, actively it's a hates Drake. Quality. Yeah, I think it's very charming. I think it's really neat. I think the Drake has always been very competent. The main problem mm-hmm. with Drake is just that he is just so fucking lame. Sure, that's the main problem. Something with Drake. we were something we were trying to crack at work was like a way to talk about his feud with Meek Mill. Uh huh. Like because it was a big thing on the internet. I mean, Black Twitter specifically, which is always a little bit of a hard thing to like explain to a general audience yeah. without you know explaining a bunch of other stuff too. Um, but. And we were kind of trying to listen to the diss tracks that they were making, but they were so awful. They sounded like just a weird thing that a guy was like – it just sounded like weird drug-addled free association. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, Meek Mill is a pretty talented rapper, and Drake is – again, like, the thing about Drake is, like, he's not – it's not that he's horrible. He's mm-hmm. just so banal. Sure. Like, he's just so – Competent and lame. Yeah. The John Mayer of hip hop. Yeah, and um, uh, and so somehow Drake won that feud, mm-hmm. but he sort of won it in like a weird kind of like like punching the tar baby kind of thing, you know? <laughs> like somehow he just like somehow just subsumed Meek Mill with his <laughs> lameness. Sure, like Meek Mill just kept trying to hit him, but kept getting stuck until he sure. suffocated. Mm-hmm. Like trying to flail in quicksand, like there's just nothing to like grab onto with Drake besides a just general sense of lame sure. ennui. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no specifics to the ennui, really. Even mm-hmm. 
Like, no, I mean, like, what are you going to make fun of? That he likes the Toronto Raptors a lot? <laughs> he does like the Raptors a lot. You know what I mean? Which, honestly, like, that's one of his best qualities. <laughs> like, that's kind of great. I like that he yeah. likes the Toronto Raptors. I wish he liked the Vancouver Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that they don't exist anymore. Sorry, Dave Shumka. But, uh, you know, I, I think if he was a big, uh, big country Bryant fan, mm-hmm. that'd be fun. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was a sad scene. That was not something that I'm excited about. But Liking I'm, hotline bling. Yeah. But or thinking hotline bling is good. Yeah, but I am, great, I am grateful that uh, – I, I am grateful that I'm – that I haven't gotten to the point where – I mean, do, have you – do you have this – you have to watch random music videos mm-hmm. for work on sure. YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. If you notice that it really doesn't matter what music video you're looking at on YouTube mm-hmm. – all of the comments are about how they don't make music like this anymore. Oh, huh. Interesting. Like, I guess it I literally doesn't matter what genre it is, what year it's from. Oh, you weird, could watch huh. a vid- You could watch a video from two years ago. Mm-hmm. You could watch a Dead Mouse video sure. from whenever Dead Mouse was at its commercial peak, three <laughs> years ago, maybe. Yeah. And it will. The, all the comments will just be... Man, now this is music. They don't make music like this anymore. But, you know, it's so it's so weird. That's such an odd argument. It's because they do. They make all kind. They make all the kinds of music now. I mean, I think our yeah. thing is like, <laughs> yeah, they totally do. They have, you know, what gets played on the radio is vastly different than what was played on the radio. You know, when we were kids, and yeah, certainly there's no like, yeah, somehow, somehow now the only thing that's on the radio is Ace of Bass songs. Yeah, exactly. It's, but I mean, if you like, if you were a Green Day fan, you can, you can find, you can find so many eighteen and nineteen year old kids who are playing music that sounds exactly like Green Day. Yeah, like we had. It just doesn't. It doesn't make it onto the radio in any in any significant way. Exactly. When we were in, uh, when we were in Philadelphia doing Bullseye. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a band on the show called Sprainerd, mm-hmm. uh, and they make music that is – these are young guys. They're in their mid-20s, sure. I would guess. Uh, they make music that uh, is very much in the Green Day mold mm-hmm. and classic pop punk. Mm-hmm. And they, honestly, I thought they were great. Mm-hmm. I thought they were really great. They have really like uh, kind of smart, uh, deep-hearted mm-hmm. songs with beautiful melodies and uh, you know a lot of – super energy mm-hmm. that you get from a great pop punk band. Um and yeah, like they're just, you know, they're just one of the 20 billion genres of music being perfectly replicated. Sure, yeah. Yeah, they do make all the kinds of music. Yeah. Um you know, it's something I mean, not to not to get too deep into this weird dumb process that that my job consists of, but I think when when we started doing the show there was we paid a lot of attention to what things like what was said in the comments of something or what like the Twitter reaction to something was. And it just got so exhausting and pointless. Uh-huh. Like comment monitoring or looking for the perfect comment. Like occasionally you'll get someone who will, you know, say this is worse than a million 9-11s or something like that. But I mean that's the only interesting thing that can happen in a comment section, you know. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's funny that you mentioned that that comment trend because I definitely haven't noticed it. I I will I like I will watch a a YouTube video for like an example would be Bobby Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Uh Bobby Caldwell probably best known for his hit uh What I Would Do for Love. Mm-hmm. Uh and that Can was Can you hum a few bars? What I would do for love. Mm-hmm. I can't let it go. 
uh, is best known probably uh, now for being the hook, having been sampled by, I think J.D. produced it, the, mm-hmm. the hook for uh, uh, Common's song, The Light. Sure. Um, and uh, that was Common's biggest hit, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's fine. You know, he's a light, light R&B, blue-eyed mm-hmm. soul singer from like 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the high point. I mean, maybe the high point of the genre of light R&B, <laughs> uh, but not the high point of soul music or R&B sure. music. Um, and he's fine. Mm-hmm. A talented guy. Yeah. You know, fine. Fine. It's a good song. Why don't they make music like this anymore? <laughs> what? I don't know. What is this? Is the least distinctive music anyone's ever made? <laughs> yeah. What, like, what qualities about this can you not find? Like, look. Like, I'm a guy who likes Hall and Oates. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to go around criticizing you for liking this type of music. Mm-hmm. I also like this type of music. You know what I mean? I listen to the stylistics most of the time. Hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Sometimes I listen to the spinners. Sometimes sure. I listen to the shy lights. Hmm. But mostly, <laughs> but mostly, I'm listening to kind of like sweet light R and B. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But why don't they make music like this anymore? This is barely even there's barely even a hit record that we're listening to. And it's not like it's like a momentous record. Sure. Yeah. And that's so so interesting. Doesn't matter what it is. Tina Marie song. <laughs> Square Biz by Tina yeah. Marie. I've got a brand new pair of roller skates. Yeah, exactly. You know, but how much is that doggy in the window? But to be fair, yeah. I guess there aren't a lot of songs these days. Where a roller skate and roller skate key are a sexual metaphor. That's a good point. So maybe they don't make music like that anymore. Bounce Rock Roller Skate by Lakeside. Oh, yeah. No, it's, there you go. Is that by Lakeside? <laughs> God damn it. If it's not by Lakeside, tweet at Ted Cruz and yeah. let him know. Don't tell me. <laughs> Do you think that R, and I know you have a hard time, you know, like commenting on politics because you are a journalist. and Right. Uh, I'm a national public radio journalist. Yeah, and therefore... Uh, you know, legally can't, but also just by your nature can't have an opinion on politics. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, our... Tr- our... Because I'm natu- naturally wishy-washy? <laughs> right. And indecisive? Yes, you were, you were born on a fence, you'll die on a fence. Yep. Um, you know, our, you know, now time-honored tradition of tweeting all corrections to at Ted Cruz, I think uh, suggested by Aaron Gibson. I don't think we give her enough credit for that. Yeah, I think she that was, was her idea. That was Aaron's idea. Aaron's one of the... Funniest, talent, most talented people we sure, know. Sure, and we we have co-opted it, and you know are are now using it uh, to make cash hand over fist. Sure, I mean we are getting none. We are getting very rich, and is she making any money from her hit show Throwing Shade? Sure. No, is she getting money from the TV pilot she's making of Throwing Shade next week? Almost certainly not. Sure, yeah. Um, but do you think that our us having our followers tweet to Ted Cruz is the reason that reason that he is surging? in the polls so hard these days. I mean, I mean, mm. you know, I think, you know, the obvious, you know, the obvious reason for this is that, you know, the kind of the, the, the Donald Trump uh, moment is passing. You know, I think, you know, we, the more we hear him talk, the more, you know, people realize that he, you know, is not a politician, maybe does not have clear plans for things. He's, you know, uh, he, you know, he's, he's just, you know, saying what he has to say to get headlines. And then people are turning to Ted Cruz as the kind of, you know, person with that perspective, but that also is an experienced politician. But do you think that another part of that mm-hmm. is that we have been buzz marketing him so efficiently lately? I Here's something that I have to say about Ted Cruz. I, sure. I'm not going to speak to his politics mm-hmm. uh, or his personality. Sure. I, you have no opinion on either. No. I, I do have a position mm-hmm. on one thing about Ted Cruz and mm-hmm. something that's very deeply personal. Sure. 
I think that one of the most hurtful things that random people will say about me on mm-hmm. the internet is that I am punchable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they say I'm um, in smug and insufferable sure. and punchable, and specifically mm-hmm. that I have a punchable face. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it's so difficult for me to wrestle with mm. uh, the astonishingly high punchability mm-hmm. of Ted Cruz's face. Sure. And the fact that I think that in part I find it punchable because he looks like me. Oh, so you think this might be a, you know, there, it is but, as for, though, there but for the grace of God go I. I think it's like looking into a broken mirror mm, sure. and I want to punch myself. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think Ted that's Cruz the only lesson back I can... the thing at you. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think you have Ted Cruz like qualities? Um well I mean I'm a I'm a strict constructionist. Sure. There's no doubt about that. I want I want the constitution to be implemented as yeah. the founders specifically described. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a member of a well regulated militia. Mm-hmm. Um my parents are of questionable citizenship. Mm-hmm. I was born in Canada. <laughs> sure. Secret Canadian. Um, I've had a lot of money troubles. Wait, that's Marco Rubio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was mayor of Baltimore, which is Martin O'Malley. Oh, great. Yeah. So, yes, then. Should we? How about this? Okay. Can I suggest this? Yeah. I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of my existential crisis. Sure. Over... People saying Ted Cruz is punchable, me kind of agreeing with them, but then thinking that the same thing that's punchable about Ted Cruz mm. is something that I hate in myself. Mm. And also, that probably those people who want to punch Ted Cruz or punch me, uh, it's not about me or Ted Cruz. It's about something within them. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what my therapist says anyway. Wow. So that's something that we're not going to be able to untangle sure, right that's here. A, that's a deep right well. now. But I think we probably can address the question of uh, both the scientific basis of your theory that it may be Ted Cruz's surge is mm-hmm. due to people tweeting at Ted Cruz from Jordan Jesse Go. Mm-hmm. And I'm not Nate Silver. Sure. Hell, I'm not even Jonah Carey. Sure. I'm not Christina Carl. I'm not <laughs> any of these people whose work I used to read in baseball nerd website. <laughs> Baseball prospectus in <laughs> 2001, who later went on to some greater renown. Mm-hmm. Um, I would suggest this. It's both a controlled experiment, mm-hmm. perfectly controlled, mm-hmm. and absolutely clearly will demonstrate truth mm-hmm. with a capital T. And also a way to take care of my responsibilities as an NPR journalist. Mm-hmm. Maybe from now on. We can have people tweet corrections about Jordan Jesse Go at former Maryland governor and Baltimore mayor Martin O'Malley. Okay. And, and it, Ted Cruz? No, just Martin O'Malley. So mm. we've seen we've seen what it can do for Cruz. We've seen what it can do for Cruz. Now we will learn if O'Malley surges, we will know that it was those tweets. Okay. That led to his surge. Oh, I like this. If he doesn't surge, then we will know that it only works for conservative Republicans mm. or people who look sort of like Jesse. So sure. here's how we do deal with that. Then we have people tweet at Boy George from Culture Club. Okay. If he surges so far, in this the polls, makes perfect sense. By the if way. he surges in the polls, we'll know that the sole reason for a poll surge is, is people, people directing Jordan Jesse their Go Jordan Jesse Go fans. fans. Sure. 
tweeting at someone mm-hmm. who's a public figure yeah. who looks a little bit like me. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I think that's a great. So I mean, I guess so. So from from this episode on until we say otherwise, right? Corrections are now to be tweeted at Martin O'Malley, right? So should we just say a couple of things for people to correct us on? I mean, I know we had a long, you know, pop culture discussion earlier, right. and there was probably some errors in that. Um, but you know, just to just to kick this off, do we just want to do a couple of things? Well, I think I, I already mentioned that uh, I already mentioned that Zach De La Roca apologized for Rage Against the Machine. Turns out it was their bassist, and mm-hmm. he's the soy bomb guy. Oh, okay. So, so I that's feel like one. there's a lot of fertile yeah. stuff to be. Was Billy Preston ever even in Ringo Starr's All Star Band? I don't know. <laughs> sure, you know. Okay, uh, I'll just I'll just start. Uh, Final Fantasy three in America was Final Fantasy three in Japan. Oh wow! Sure, that's good. that's going to get some corrections going. Yeah. So why don't we just we start start it off? Martin O'Malley can just let him know how you feel about that statement I just made, which I believe to be true. Can I give you? Can I give you another one? Mm-hmm. Supergirl mm-hmm. is Superman's wife. Great. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So we'll I think that's see. a solid foundation of right. things that we believe to be true. Yeah. But, you know, want to hear from people about. I'm pretty sure they're true. They're true. Yeah. Supergirl is Superman's wife. Right. And Final Fantasy III in America was Final Fantasy III in Japan. Superdog is their baby. Maybe <laughs> Crypto, Crypto the Superdog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. I should have left that. Yeah. I should have left that for a correction. Oh, well. I'm sorry. Yeah. Klepto the Superdog is their baby. There you go. That's their baby. Klepto the Superdog. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hey, up on the Jumbotron this week, our friends at VG Kids. Yeah, they uh, they are offering listeners a 10% discount on their order if they mention the show slash discount. Yeah, so just go to VGKids.com if you want basically anything printed. They print our T-shirts here at uh, Max Fun HQ. They do a great job. They are some really nice uh, punk rockers out of the great state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got rock posters, art prints, wedding invites, custom apparel. They've got specialty inks that are eco-friendly, and uh, they can do record, record packaging, vinyl stickers, all sorts of good stuff. They design uh, stuff that do fulfillment. VGKids.com. Uh, if you need somebody to make stickers for your band or whatever, uh, you, you really couldn't do better than VGKids. They're really great. I say a small correction. The record packaging is what is eco-friendly. I don't know if the inks are. I imagine they wouldn't use an ink that was... You know, especially harmful to the environment. They make those out of CFCs, chlorofluorocarbons. Mm, they're not. They're not squeezing it right out of the squid. No, 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 no. They they make it specifically from uh, '80s hairspray. So eco-friendly record packaging. Right, but at the ink is not eco-friendly. Sure. The, let's be clear. The ink is made of a combination of '80s hairspray, mm. mercury, yeah. And, and DDT. Sure. And, and an ink forcefully squeezed from the squid right. against its will. Right. Without its consent. And they are not unsustainable squid. <laughs> they're like, you know. They're, rare squid. They're very extremely rare squid. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about upside down airplane mm-hmm. postage stamp sure. level of rarity. Mm-hmm. You know that famous upside down airplane postage stamp? Oh yeah, it's a very valuable stamp. They've re- they're re- they're made, the post office made those again. You can get upside down plane stamps as like a fun, you know, a fun reference for all your philatelist friends. 
mail them a letter with the upside down stamp. You know what? A lot of people talk a lot of shit about the United States Postal Service. Oh, and you think they're wrong. Let's hear it. I just love, I just love the Postal Service. Me too. I, I love – yeah, I, I still do all my bills through the mail and I think that's partially because I like – Writing a thing, putting it in an envelope, and then walking to the mailbox. And then knowing that it's going to go there because you put 35 cents it's or amazing. 42 it's cents or whatever it is. Yeah, post- postage can go up at the rate it is going up. It'll still be amazing and worth it. Yeah. So who cares if it's 50 cents? That's amazing. Yeah. There's a, they come right to your house. Yeah. It's not even like they bring it to a place nearby you and you got to go get it from there. Sure. They bring Maybe it right up to your Maybe if you live in some sort of rural door. area or something, but... If you live in a sensible place like us, it comes right to your door. Sensible if you live in a good place like us. Sure, yeah. Rural people are bad. And <laughs> yeah, we're good. good. Excuse me. I, I misspoke. Please tweet corrections at, at Martin, Martin O'Malley. O'Malley. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Desi Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, this is fun. This is fun. Doing our show, Jordan, Jesse Go. Hey, ain't it? You know what I like about- It's probably fun to listen to. I mean, I'm not listening to it right now, but I imagine that those who are listening to it are having a great time. You know those people who who write us a note sometimes and say, why don't you do more shows just by yourselves? Mm Mm-hmm. And we say because anytime we do a show by ourselves, it has no content. It's mm-hmm. just an insane series of kind of fantastical scenarios. Sure. Uh, each of which grows out of the previous one, mm-hmm. becoming sequentially more insane and sure. devol- essentially devolving into a long series of non sequiturs. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of consider this episode to be proof positive of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty convincing evidence. Of why we don't do that and also why we enjoy. Sure. Yeah. Enjoy. When something momentous happens to you, like your dream of having a just Jesse and Jordan, Jordan, Jesse mm-hmm. go finally comes true. We ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN, 206-984-4FUN, for our beloved signature segment, Momentous Occasions. Brian Fernandez laughing in the background. Please play our first call. Jordan, Jesse, and guest. This is Amelia from Denver, Colorado. I was just driving home from work down a street that's notorious for having a lot of Hispanic grocery stores, and I looked to my right and where the chili salesmen normally are, I see some unusual movement, and there is a carousel probably less than eight feet in diameter with five tiny Shetland ponies walking around in a circle with little kids riding on them and waving to the cars. And it was one of those things where I wasn't sure if I hallucinated it or not, but I thought it was awesome. And I thought I would share it with you guys. So love the show. Thanks a lot. Bye. Can I ask you a question, Jordan? Please. You live in Los Angeles, right? Sure. City with a significant Latino population. Mm-hmm. Plenty of uh, uh, grocery stores specializing in goods of interest to people who uh, represent immigrant groups from uh, Mexico, Central, and South America, right? Mm-hmm. Where are the chili salesmen? 
What is a chili salesman? I, I mean, I guess someone who 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 sells. That didn't. What What was weird about that? Just a guy who. I mean, I, I guess I'm picturing. This is maybe more of a farmer's market type thing where Are there's stalls. Are we talking about someone selling chilies? Mm-hmm. Or someone or a selling Chilean salesman, or He's someone a... selling chili, the the stew. Oh yeah, is it inside the grocery store out front? Yeah, I think I was picturing this is more of a farmers market type situation. Okay, but maybe I was wrong. But she said grocery store, didn't she? Oh, maybe she did. I don't know. I like to imagine I go into. El Superior, mm-hmm. the famous grocery store near my home. Famous, of course, for having been mentioned on this marginal podcast recently. Sure. Not even recently. Years ago. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a you got your section with your uh, different kinds of bananas. Yep. You got your machos. You got your minis. Mm-hmm. And you got your standard. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, you got your jicamas. Mm-hmm. You got your... Tiny limes. Yeah. And then there's a chili area. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's got some fresh and dried chilies. But the chili area has been replaced by some Shetland ponies. <laughs> They're in the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. I mean, I guess you can't use those, you know, in your cooking. Although I bet if you chopped up some little bits of Shetland pony and added it to whatever you're making, you'd get a little, a little heat off that. Yeah, I think so. They're a hot animal. Well, I think it depends yeah. on the pony's diet. Sure. Hopefully they were eating chilies. Right. So then you could still get some of that chili character that you liked so much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, weren't able to get because they've been replaced by ponies. Hopefully, you know, when you, once you brought the pony home, you know, killed it, butchered it, you know, finally chopped up the flesh and you know, it. sprinkled it over your, you know, whatever it was. If it was a... Gazpacho. Yeah, gazpacho or, a, you know, threw it in the, the crock pot with your Mince carnitas meat. or something like Mince that. Mincemeat pie. Yeah, mincemeat pie. Hopefully it would add some of that kick. Yeah. Some of that hua, some of that kick you're little, looking for. A little zing? Yeah, a little zing. That... Roll Tide. Hua. Hook 'em horns. <laughs> Hook 'em horns. Hua. That's some, that's some pony. On to victory. Strike up the band. Hoo, Shetland. Hua. That's a. That's a Shetland. Uh, ha! It's my new, my new character, celebrity chef that chops up pony. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. I saw. Speaking of odd livestock, mm-hmm. livestock, livestock, um, live aid. Speaking uh-huh. of live aid. Uh, speaking of odd livestock, I was driving today and saw a truck pulling a trailer. Filled with mostly goats and one sheep. So this is this huge collection of goats in this trailer. And in the middle is just one sheep that was not a goat. Can I guess how how that uh, woolly white ball in the middle looked? Sure. Sheepish? <laughs> Probably looked a little bit sheepish. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's like, you know, people talk a lot about diversity in Hollywood. Right. Diversifying, you know, writers' rooms and mm-hmm. you know casts of movies and stuff like that. I mean, I think sure. it's great that that value mm-hmm. of you know have getting in all the voices has also been transferred to herds of goats. Yeah, like let's get a sheep's perspective on. Yeah, on, on should I eat this can? Cans. Yeah, <laughs> how how would a sheep go about this? How do we talk to the sheep in the audience? 
about whether or not we should eat a can. Mm, can I tell you about an animal I saw today? Mm, sure. While we're on this subject. Sure. Uh, I attended the Los Angeles Zoo uh, to go meet Santa. Mm-hmm. That's my new. That's that's where that's where my family goes to meet Santa. I don't know how we fell upon meeting Santa at the zoo. Is this a real beard Santa? Yeah, absolutely. He okay. was a great Santa. He was a really solid Santa. Okay. You could really do a lot worse than mm-hmm. Santa at the zoo. Uh, now, did my did one of my children look stricken and the other one immediately start bawling? Yes, <laughs> but he did a really nice. He was a very nice Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was at the zoo. I saw an animal called a Tasmanian devil. Mm-hmm. This is a great animal. Yeah. It's like a I think pointy I've seen head. him on T-shirts. Is he always sagging his pants? He looks like a pig mm-hmm. with pointy nose. He's wearing a Raiders jersey. He looks like, no, sir. Okay. He looks like a pointy-nosed pig, mm-hmm. and he's always surrounded by a tiny tornado. No. No, he's sure. like, like a pointy-nosed pig with a st- with a fat, stumpy, pointy tail. It is amazing how the cartoon Tasmanian Devil, how little it looks like what it actually is. Right. It looks a lot more like the movie Twister. Mm-hmm. So if sure. that character was named yeah. the movie Twister with Bill Pullman mm-hmm. or Bill Paxton, send your corrections to at sure, Martin at O'Malley, Martin O'Malley. Uh, then uh, it would make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just had never seen a Tasmanian Devil before. It's pretty good. All I want in the world is a pet Tasmanian devil. Man. Oh, I mean, aren't you worried that they're fierce? They are fierce. That's why I don't have was well, I mean, also I'm I'm not in that income bracket. No, yeah, you're well, not I making mean, Tasmanian importing, devil money. Importing marsupials. No. I don't even know if it is a marsupial. Probably not. <laughs> Send your corrections to at Martin sure, O'Malley. Yeah. It seems like something that would be a marsupial. It seems like I mean it's Australian, right? That like that's its native native habitat. Tasmania, though specifically the island of Tasmania, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, which is part of Australia. Okay. Uh, send your corrections to at Martin O'Malley mm-hmm. in case yeah. it's part of New so it Zealand. Would seem like it would be a, it would be a, a a pouchy animal. Yeah, it seems like it would be pouchful. Yeah, have a pouch, having of a pouch. Regular big league chew type situation. Oh yeah, yeah. Get a handful of gum from inside a Tasmanian devil. Big league chew is a children's chewing gum mm-hmm. made to resemble chewing tobacco. <laughs> sure. Let's take our next call. <laughs> Hello, Jordan, Jesse, uh, guest and listeners. This is Gordon from San Francisco, California. I'm at a gas station, and across the pump from me, there's a very well-dressed gentleman, sort of looks like Rob Corddry, business attire, and a uh, very nice Cadillac modern sedan. And uh, he has an iPhone rubber-banded to his face. <laughs> big old rubber bands that you get on, like, lettuce and stuff, big blue ones. And I just sort of uh, admire his rugged pragmatism. So, yeah, I'm going to sing the outro like you guys requested a few months ago. He didn't really sing it. Yeah, I mean, he kind of, you know, he talk, talk sang it. What is this guy? I think he is Rex Harrison? <laughs> yeah, right? Come on. Who are you? Rob, Rob Schneider? Who's the guy from B-52s? Fred, Fred Schneider. Schneider? Yeah. What are you, Professor Harold Hill? Yeah, come on. Um, interesting. Do you think that this could be a situation where the guy got, you know, got punched in the face, got a real dinger, uh-huh. a real dinger, and he didn't have a stake around. Right. So, but he needed something to reduce the swelling. Right. So he just rubber banded an iPhone on there. That seems like the most likely answer. It is the stake of phones. I can text Rob Cordry and ask him why he did this. <laughs> yeah. Why were you in San Luis Obispo? Yeah. At a gas station with an iPhone rubber banded to your head. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, well, I mean, maybe he was maybe he was filming something. Maybe it was like some sort of found hot, footage movie, and they were hot trying tub to get Time it. Machine Three. Could be. Seems like a fun goof they would have in the uh, HTTM universe. One of the one of the gags is that in the future, instead of using stakes, we use iPhones to, to bring down swelling. Sure, makes me laugh. I'm laughing. Yeah, I mean, if you imagine Craig Robinson doing it, yeah, it's pretty funny because he's gonna sell it. Yeah, he's he's gonna sell the shit out of it. Sell it. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, let's take our next call. Hi, this is Megan from New Mexico, and it is well, it's now 9.41 here, and uh, I just woke up on a Sunday morning from a dream, uh, I guess this qualifies as a momentous occasion, a threesome dream involving Jordan and Jesse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kept mm-hmm. my husband saying moment of shame. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. But, Fuck um, yeah, Fuck that guy. Yeah, and there was a suggestion that they were so comfortable around one another that this is definitely not the first time that this has happened. So I don't know what the deal was there in Dreamland, but yeah, that's that's how I woke up this Sunday. So thanks, bye. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Megan. And uh, let me get a hearty fuck you to your husband. Yeah, go. I just want to say fuck this guy. He doesn't deserve you. No, he probably doesn't tend to your needs like we would. How did you even end up married to this asshole? I mean, was it? A, did you lose a bet? Were you off after a green card or something? Because did you just wake guy... up? Did you just wake up one morning after a bender and you're like, oh shit, I married an asshole? If this guy thinks it's shameful to have two. Of the most prominent men in podcasting. Two of the most prominent men in podcasting and human sexuality. Yeah. Tending to your needs. Legendarily sensitive and and tendful lovers. Sure. Two, two, two sex-positive studs yeah. of some renown. <laughs> sure. Going to town. The creators on of all Anal your August. holes. <laughs> yeah. I don't have... Why would anyone be ashamed of that? I mean, I... Listen. If I... I mean, okay, can, okay. I, can, I put, can I put it this way? Please. Let's just say I was an admissions officer mm-hmm. at Harvard University. For instance. The prestigious mm-hmm. Harvard sure. University. The gray lady. Harvard. Yeah, old, okay. old man Harvard Home on the Mississippi. Home of the yard. Sure. Okay. Let's say I was an admissions officer at sure. Harvard University. Mm-hmm. One of the questions on this year's Harvard <laughs> University application is, mm-hmm. what is your greatest dream? Mm-hmm. Okay. Someone writes a beautiful essay. Uh-huh. About getting double teamed sure. by their favorite podcasters, <laughs> Jesse and Jordan. Sure. What would I do? I would pick up that stamp that says A D M I T clonk clonk. You're in. Next I don't essay. even look Next at the essay. extracurriculars. Yeah. I don't even look at the extracurriculars. You could have no extracurriculars. Sure. Are you a drug addict? You're, Doesn't matter. Your only Doesn't extracurricular matter. could be Nazi youth. Yeah. And I'm still going <laughs> chunk, chunk. Yeah. Admit, sure. Harvard University, home of the yard, park your car yeah. right here <laughs> at Harvard in our famous yard. Mm. You're in because you've got great dreams. Great dreams. The yeah. dreamers. You've heard of the dreamers. Sure. These are young people mm-hmm. brought to the United States by their immigrant parents mm-hmm. as young children who went on to serve in our military yeah. or go to college, 
but nonetheless cannot get citizenship. They're the beautiful anchors that are getting their parents free Obamacare. Where? And we thank them for that. Where do they get the name Dreamers? Sure. Because they've dreamed about making love to prominent podcasters, two of them simultaneously, and it's me and it's Jordan. Those are the two, and we're both doing it to them in all of their holes. I don't – I mean, listen – if there's kids involved, I don't want to break this home. Right. We're not housebreakers. That's the last we're, thing I want. We're neither housebreakers nor kitty fuckers. Sure. But depending I'm just on how the kids are involved, maybe it's better to right. get the kids out of that situation. Right. Like obviously, you know, nobody wants to. Right. You know, nobody wants to. You know. Oh, you're I talking come, about in Megan's family, oh, not the sexual situation between us and various. Because it's obviously no. it's better to get the kids out of that situation. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Send this them between, to grandma's house before I mean, we all bone down. Kids, kids don't need to see their mom getting railed in all our holes. <laughs> right. Wait, you wait. You know, you wait till they're mature enough to have that discussion. Right. Uh, but I mean, it seems like the situation she's or in dad right now, or parent or dad. Sure. The situation that she is in right now, right, is borderline abusive. To right. where her husband, I mean, you know, maybe he's never laid a hand on her physically. Right. But, I mean, well, I mean we can't of, assume that, but that's... But, yeah, I mean, he may We don't be, have any evidence one way. Yeah, we sure. have some evidence, which is that he's emotionally abusive. Right. I mean, I'll just take her at her word when she says the reason she had an iPhone taped to her face was because she fell down the stairs. Right. But, I mean, I think it's best that she's definitely in an emotionally abusive situation. Well, there's no doubt about that. So we heard it. We literally he heard. He was trying to make her feel ashamed for when, wanting something that is beautiful when I like be- a dance. When I became a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. I signed a piece of paper sure. that said that if I heard evidence of emotional mm-hmm. abuse within a marriage, I would podcast about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing right sure. now. I am speaking my truth. Yeah. I hear a woman who's being abused by her husband, a woman who has beautiful dreams. Sure. Like a butterfly landing on a cornflower. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And it's licking up the corn juices. <laughs> <laughs> While someone is tending to its anus. <laughs> like that. That's what the yes. butterfly sounds like. <laughs> and the anus tender also sounds like Right. So what we're saying, Megan, beautiful dream, and he's accusing her of engaging in some kind of shameful act. No, maybe he's ashamed of his body. Yeah, she has no need to be. Megan, you have a beautiful body. It's 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 yeah. You are. I mean, you're a real woman, and you're not one of these half curves. You're not one of these airbrushed nope. silicon hashtag you know, catalog dove, models hashtag dove, dove soap cares hashtag anal we just want a special thank you to everyone at dove the who real made question this podcast is, possible the real question jordan is <laughs> in megan's dream mm-hmm. Could you hear Brian laughing outside the booth? <laughs> I should hope Brian would be more respectful than that. Yeah, I mean, on. if we were trying to make jokes, he should right. laugh. But, if, I mean, I think in that situation we would be very focused right. on Megan's needs. Right. I mean, maybe if her need was to laugh while getting, you know, all her nasty holes filled. Right. I mean, we could provide that, but it, it's not it's not par for the course is what all I'm saying. All her holes nasty and otherwise. Sure, yeah. 
I mean, granted, mm-hmm. as as in the classic acronym for the cardinal directions <laughs> created by my fourth grade class classmate, sure. nasty ears spill wax. <laughs> uh, and certainly we're doing it to her in her ear hole, parliament style. Sure. But we're also doing it to her in her clean and beautiful holes. Sure. That can create life yeah. and poop. Yeah. You know what? A lot of people think pussies are weird. <laughs> yeah. I Probably Megan's is. husband is one of these guys yeah. who goes around calling people pussies no. like it's, you know, pejorative. I know that pussies are strong. They're strong. They're powerful. They create life. They're flexible. Mm-hmm. And they can they can come back from anything, even, even being... Tommy John surgery. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> Being uh, being held down by an abusive husband. What are we talking about? Having Tommy John surgery on your pussy. Oh, okay. It's where they replace the ligaments from the pussy on the other side. They take a, the ligament out of the other pussy sure, yeah, and yeah. put it you into put that it. pussy. Mm-hmm. And actually, at, what's impressive about having Tommy John yeah. surgery on your pussy is after a lengthy rehabilitation period of about 18 months, mm-hmm. a lot of pussies actually have a faster fastball. Mm. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> sure. It's really kind of amazing. Megan, thank you for sharing your dreams with us. Yeah. We believe in your dreams. If you need some place to stay while you, you need a place to leave your husband. After you get rid of the, your husband. While the paperwork goes through. Yeah. You know where to find us. I got a I got a I got a crash pad in Albuquerque. Sure. You know, I go out there sometimes for the hot air balloon festival. <laughs> yeah. Just to think about shit. You know? Just get a just get a taste of the old <laughs> That's the sound of uh fire underneath a hot air balloon making it take off. Sure. If you were a balloonist you would know about that. <laughs> or a philatelist. Sure. Just some Again, you got to find your niche. You got to yeah. find that niche. Oh, thank God there wasn't anybody else here. They probably would have just tried to make that ten, last 10 minutes make sense. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I guess what I want to say mm-hmm. is we're wrapping it up. It's time for some closing thoughts. Yeah, I mean, more than anything else, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a reputation for being wishy washy. Sure, but I think I also have a reputation for being gracious. Mm-hmm. And so, right now. I want to demonstrate that that reputation is earned mm-hmm. by saying, Jordan, Jesse, go listener. You're welcome. Yeah. We, you know, we hear your thanks. Mm-hmm. We know you want to thank us. Yep. And we're just saying we hear that. Yep. And we appreciate it. If you want to send, you know, money or gifts or whatever, we'll take it. Right. But we hear you and we acknowledge it. Yeah. I've got a We're lo- here for you. We've gotten a lot of letters here at Max Fun mm-hmm. HQ over the past few years that said, Jesse, dear Jesse and Jordan, mm-hmm. um, I love your podcast. I love your appearances in my fuck dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, my only concern is this. 
your show is too focused. Sure. It makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. It's too coherent. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is the guests that you're bringing in. Sure. Could you record more, more shows? Mm-hmm. And I'm just reading directly from one of these letters yeah. now. Could you record more shows that are barely comprehensible, mm-hmm. mostly involve insane fantastical scenarios, mm-hmm. which <clears throat> themselves are extensions of other fantastical scenarios, uh, until the point that, like a Xerox of a Xerox, sure, it just becomes the original pattern is completely incomprehensible. Yeah, sure. Simply, it, it, it's simply television static or mm-hmm. digital noise. Well, to you, Jordan Jesse Go listeners, and literally thousands of people have sent me this same letter. I think they got it from moveon.org. I say, you're welcome. There you go. Take that. Take this into the new year with you. Let it. Let it power you. Mm-hmm. Let it power you into 2016. Mm-hmm. Let it help you with that resolution. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's to lose weight. Maybe it's to you know start a healthy relationship. Uh, it's 1028 by 724. Whatever your resolution is. Sure. Yeah. Let let this help you. Let this be a let this be like a rocket yeah. that you attach to your back mm-hmm. and 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 blast through 2016 with uh, just just a new a new zeal a new joie de vivre. Yeah, you know what I mean. In 2016, every time you wish you could reach for a shredded tobacco product. Mm-hmm. May you find a grape-flavored bubble gum instead. Sure. May you reach into the nearest Tasmanian devil <laughs> and grab a big handful of gum. Yeah. Delicious gum. Mm. I would love to have some of that gum filling my holes That right would now. be so nice to have all our holes filled by gum. Yeah. Purple. Big League Chew. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite type. How many time types were there? There was purple, there was pink. Was there a green apple too? Yeah, there was green apple. And I think there was a cherry flavor. I think there was bubblegum flavor and like a, a cherry or strawberry flavor. Okay. In each one, they never like had actual baseball players on it, right? It was always just these cartoon muscle men. I believe it was invented by baseball player Jim Bouton. Mm. But he wasn't on the package. No, it was just a cartoon muscle man. Hmm. Basically like a child's drawing of Jose Canseco was what was on the package there. Sure. By my calculations. Or one of Jose Canseco's self-portraits. You got it. That's how Jose Canseco sees himself. <laughs> one, of those, one of those. One of the self-portraits that Jose Canseco has been making since <laughs> since he finished up his time in office. Right, yeah. Who does a better job, George W. Bush or Jose Canseco of drawing himself? Yeah. Hard to say. If this it's is hard your, to say. if this is your first Jordan Jesse Go that you've ever listened to, mm-hmm. it should not have been. Right. There's others, many others, and uh, I guess my message to the first time Jordan Jesse Go listener who's mm-hmm. listening to this episode is this: We're about an hour and twenty minutes into the show. Mm-hmm. If you're still listening. Mm-hmm. This is your favorite podcast ever. <laughs> like, th- I can think of no other reason than perfect compatibility. Right. That you would have made it all into. All of my, finally, all of my interests. Yeah. Some, some guys who think like me, you say, hey, maybe we can use this moment to encourage, you know, people out there who love the show, but, you know, maybe don't talk about it with friends or on social media to, you know, just get on there, you know, get on Twitter, Tumblr, Vine. 
uh, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, Periscope, Snapchat. What's app? What's app? What's happening? Friendster. Friendster. And Link- LinkedIn. And recommend a different episode of the show. Right. Maybe when the birthday boys were on. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of that fun. That was a lot of fun. The birthday boys are always fun. Let's let's get <laughs> yeah. Maybe one of the ones with Nick Adams. Everybody always loves a good There Nick you Adams go. Episode. Let's get one of those Nick Adams episodes trending. Yeah. Get it on the side of your Facebook like like it was new trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Maybe we should have people suggest an episode of Jordan Jesse go to Martin O'Malley. I think that would be great. Let's, you know, let's get that going. Yeah. I like that. Here we go. What, presidential dark horse Martin O'Malley. Yeah. Wit, tell Former him what, mayor of Baltimore. If he was going to start listening to the show, what, yeah. which episode? Is it the birthday boys? Is it Nick Adams? Yeah. Who knows? Tweet it at him and hashtag it JJ Go. Mm-hmm. We'll see which one he responds to. Yeah. He probably checks his own Twitter messages, right? Can't imagine he doesn't. What else has he got to do? Not Playing much. in that band. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's got to play. Uh, yeah, he's got to play. Uh, play Taylor Swift songs on the View or something. No, yeah. his band opened for the Pogues. Like really, or like no, like before he was. I man, I don't know. That's a good question. It might have been a fake thing, but I remember that being part of the profile I read and going, "Oh, huh, that's interesting." Mm. Anyway, I mean. My friend Sayer opened for hieroglyphics in Santa Cruz once. <laughs> so maybe he should be president. Yeah. I'd vote for him for president. I think he's a beer podcaster now. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. He's a nice guy. That's a fun platform to run on. Sure. Real political outsider. Yeah. What's Donald Trump's beer podcast like? It's probably not very good. No, it's probably a little solipsistic. Yeah, sure. And he's always talking about hopsy beers. <laughs> it's too hopsy. Yeah. What about a nice, hey, Donald Trump? Two things. Yeah. You know, maybe don't be so tough on immigrants yeah. looking to come to this country. Right. And two, what, what's a good easy drinking beer? Yeah. When you're not looking for a, you know, complex bouquet to have with your skirt steak. What about something that maybe a little citrusy? Yeah. What's, like just something citrusy. I can, what's just something I can sip in the backyard with some buds? Right. Have a nice time. Right. Not looking for something complex that sits in your stomach. Answer, anyway. answer us that, Donald Trump yeah, beer podcast. Yeah, Donald Trump <laughs> beer podcast. <laughs> that does not exist. <laughs> Our show is produced by Brian Fernandez, mm-hmm. Sunny D, laughing outside the booth. Uh, you can join us on Reddit at maximumfun.reddit.com. Uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Martin O'Malley. Mm-hmm. Jordan is at Martin O'Malley mm-hmm. on Twitter. Use the hashtag JJGo. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.